0: You
1: got a British subject?
0: Oh what? fucking hell! Well, British Strongman Podcast episode. Um, so Shane, you've been doing some uh, recording with Official Strongman today. Can you uh, give us a bit of a, an overview of what you've been what you've been doing and how people can um, get to it eventually when it's out? Yeah. So first of all, before I going to that, I want to say because I'll bloody forget,
1: wishing Aaron Page. Speedy recovery. I hope he does okay. I don't know if you've heard of him, yeah?
0: Saw something on social media before, but I couldn't quite work it out. What, can you? Yeah. I
1: don't know the full story, but he's obviously got COVID and has had to be put into a coma for whatever reason.
0: Shit. I um,
1: like I said, I don't know the full details, but it's a great guy, Aaron, and obviously unexpected. Big name in the strongman community, helps a lot of people, so... Yeah, wishing a speedy recovery. I hope it it pans out all right.
0: Bloody hell. He was supposed to to be at Worlds, wasn't
1: he? Yeah, I think that's why he couldn't go. I'm not 100% sure on this, by the way, but I think he failed a COVID test. I think that's why he couldn't go.
0: Right, shit, they're bad. And, um... Right. Anyway, we've said we said that. Let's move
1: on. Anyway, let's not let's not dwell on that. Yeah, so, so, uh, I don't know much on it. I just wanted to say something because it's uh, only just happened. Crazy news, and yeah, it just it's just mad. And I think sometimes we uh, take it a bit lightly this COVID thing. And when stuff like this happens, it's just a bit of a reminder that you know we do need to we need to take it seriously. Um, but yeah, moving on. So what I was doing today, we're just filming for official strongman. Always trying to put stuff out there to uh, help Official Strongman grow because obviously they're the sort hiccup in they're the main provider of online qualifiers and big competitions and stuff like that. So I wanted to uh, just get some content up. It is some of it's going to be out for free on their Instagram or YouTube, but a lot of it is behind the subscription wall. So you do have to subscribe to uh, OfficialStrongman.com. But on there, I've done a free log press program. Well, not free, obviously, you've got paid for the subscription, but you know, it's basically a full six week log press peak. There's a squat program. We've done a uh, load of videos on different events like yoke and um, uh, sandbag throw, front carries, just loads of stuff, kind of just stuff that we've t- we talk about on the podcast, to be honest. But it's there on video. Um, and we've got like a little bit of a, a whiteboard up with a program and just some deeper explanations and stuff. So, so yeah that's officialstrongman.com. so if you want to access any of that it won't be on probably for you know a week or two until joe edits it and whatnot but that'll be on officialstroman.com in the next couple of weeks to access.
0: Brilliant. Um I you know, just say, say something about officialstroman by the way. Like uh, a lot a lot of people seem to be um, a lot of people like complain about subscribing, like paying whatever it, what is it like 9.99 a month or 7.99 a month or something or whatever. Um, yeah. And they just, p- people think, oh, what? What do I get for that? What do I get for the the, the money or whatever? Um, where whereas I look at it as like I I've, I'm I'm paying it and I've been paying it for about whatever twelve months, 18, twelve months I think before I, I signed up to it initially to get to. Um, for the European qualifier, online qualifier entry. And then I just thought to myself, like, I don't mind paying that per month to support, to support the sport. Like I think official strongman are doing like, I know people are, people complain about stuff and easy to put, like say what can be better and stuff, but they're doing some fucking really good stuff, I think. And, and I just think if, um, it's like the only way that we're, we're going to support the sport getting a lot bigger is by kind of being being supportive and, I don't know, I'm just fucking rambling, but but like...
1: Yeah, it, I think is, the, the, the thing people are on about at the moment is the Worlds thing, and people just don't understand the kind of the structure of the business. Like Worlds isn't anything to do with Giants Live or Official Strongman. Worlds is by the IMG. Ah, like, right, American, okay, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So it's not Colin's choice. Like you know, people saying why is there not a live stream? It's like well, he probably probably wants to, but can't because he doesn't have the rights to it. IMG do, and they're they're the ones that are kind of stuck in the past with their uh, you know Channel Five TV deal. Um, So they've just got to go along with it, so to speak. And um, you know, I was having this conversation with some people yesterday, just saying that you know if they wanted to do it separate, they'd have to call it something different because uh, they wouldn't be able to call it world strongest man so I think there used to be something back in the day um there was two worlds wasn't there one that Zevicus won a couple of times while while Puds was winning the actual world strongest man I can't remember what it used to be called uh, but it, it was kind of like that back in the day there was two separate there was two separate worlds events basically and um, that's why Zeviccus people say he actually won worlds like a couple of like five or six times or whatever but he didn't do it under the world strongest man name. Um so again the only way they'd be able to branch out and get live
0: streams was it the ifsa? And stuff like that is if if, if own thing. Yeah, I think it
1: was, yeah, the ifsa world or something, yeah.
0: Um yeah, so so a note on that like so many people I'm, uh, to be honest, I'm tired of seeing it on these like strongman facebook threads and shit. Like people saying, "Oh, why? Why isn't there a why isn't there a live stream? Like, if there was a live stream of World, like people would be bored shitless. Like, because it take like it just t- takes so so long. They're not running through it like a fucking novice comp. Like, just ch- churning yeah, out. Yeah, it, they don't it,
1: understand it, the structure at all. Yeah, it's it's a TV show. It's different.
0: Yeah, like it'd be be so boring. Like they're gonna be probably what will they do?" To, today like a couple of events or something and, um, and it'll probably be like an all-day thing and um, because yeah I'm not like... sure how
1: many events to do a day but they use, I mean I don't know obviously this one's different because of this hurricane thing but yeah they'd usually do an event and then change location for the next event so there's like a big gap between events and um, there's a lot of setting up there's a lot of practice runs with lightweight where they like get the camera make sure that it looks good for film etc you know, because it's a, it's a TV show at the end of the day. Um, so it takes as long as it takes. It's not like your typical comp. And that's one thing that Hixie told me from his first Worlds was it was a big shock and a big learning curve because it wasn't like a normal competition. It was completely different. Um, and that's what the athletes prep for now. They understand that and they, they prep for that. But again, if you live streamed it, it just it wouldn't really work. like They'd have to change the whole structure of it like they'd have to do it like Europe's so or Brits in a big arena and actually make it a competition um and run it you know like a back-to-back events and a one-take tv show kind of thing um which I think they I don't know I'm just speaking my own mind but I think they probably want to do that with the success of selling all these arenas but like I say they don't have the rights to the name so they have to go along with uh, IMG I think they are
0: yeah, right, so uh, we might as well talk about it seeing as it's so relevant. Um who, who are your um, picks? For um well who who do you yeah, who do who do you think will finish uh, top three? Um It's ve- it's very tough to go in it, man. I know that. Yeah, it's
1: it's, it's a hard one. I honestly I Honestly, don't know. I think it's one of them comps where, if if you like, if you had this exact comp five times, you know what I mean, copied everyone I'd run it five times, it could be different places each time. Um, it's really hard to call. Obviously, I'm going to be a little bit biased towards Luke, but um, even if I take out my coaching element of Luke out of the out of the question, I still think he's capable of top three in this year. Um, I think someone who's not going to do as well as everybody thinks, and I might end up eating my words here because you know you could
0: smash it. I think Tom Tom Stoltman. Yeah, might... mate. I, I'm gonna. I was gonna. I was gonna guess that you're gonna say that, and I, I completely agree. I'll be. I'll be impressed. Like I hope he does, but I'll be impressed if he makes the final. You
1: yeah, know about Tom Stoltman? Yeah. 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 Just because. I mean, I don't know his training, but it just seems that like he's so focused on that stone load that he didn't do Europe's. So he's missed out on all that events practice up to Europe's. Plus, I'm pretty sure he's carrying some kind of injury that he got training for that stone, which doesn't sound too great going into a competition that's got a lot of... You know, it's got stones in twice, I think. It's got it in the qualifiers and in the final. So... um. Yeah, I just don't know. I just don't think the stars have aligned for him this year. But again, I could be completely wrong because only he he and his coach will know, really. That's it. Um, But from an outsider looking in, that's what it looks like to me. I also think Luke Stoltman would have done really well. But I think, to be honest, I don't actually know because apparently the groups have changed since I last saw him. But he looked like he had a really tough group. So, you know, he might struggle to get through in that group as well.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to get the uh, the groups up here. I think um, <clears throat> a cu- couple of people, um, I think a couple of people, a couple of people that people are underestimating are uh, to watch out for. Novikov, I think he's absolutely fucking awesome. Um, he's, well, he's actually do, he's done really well in the first event. He's came, come uh, first he's, in the final. Uh, isn't, he?
1: isn't he an absolute monster at dumbbell and has dumbbell in his qualifier?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's like a double dumbbell press, isn't it? It's a bit, it's a bit different, but but mate, it's just an absolute monster, monster all around. I think it's maybe like, maybe his deadlift that holds him back a little bit from being top top, but um, but it's an eighteen inch deadlift in the final, isn't it? So the um, think the world is get- as
1: well, it, I think world just suits um different athletes than normal comp, You know what I mean? You've got that um. Freedom to go absolutely ham on the event. You don't have to worry about recovering for the next event or anything because you know you've got fucking half the day. You know what I mean? Um, So it it tends to suit different athletes. And, uh, you know, instead of of athletes that are picking up points and getting better as the comp goes on, it's more kind of consistent placings, if you know what I mean? Consistent performances, sorry, because there's no fatigue buildup. You know, you, you see what I'm saying? Um, and it, it just tends to sometimes have different outcomes at Worlds than, than if it would be a comp where the events are, you know, 10, 15 minutes
0: after each other. Yeah, because of the format. Um, I, think, yeah, Tom, I think Tom, Tom you know,
1: Stoltman, what I'm trying to get at is Tom Stoltman seems to get better as the comp goes on. Like, as, as it gets to, like, the medley and people are slowing down, he's speeding up and Stone Run, he's speeding up. Whereas at Worlds, everyone's going to be fresh every event so it's like the best performance of everyone on every of them
0: yeah i hope I hope, he, I hope he gets through i hope he gets through be good to see him on the stones and
1: it don't get me right a lot of fucking Douglas the i'm just calling it from like you know what i've seen kind of thing and there are a lot of athletes there that i don't know too much about like that t rex guy i know i know who he is cuz he calls out lou Richardson all the time and i've seen him deadlift and log but i don't know how he does in strongman comps i've never even seen him compete
0: so i can't even I can't even say for some of them. Yeah, is it done, done? Really? I think he either came first <laughs> or second on the the farmers in his heat. Um, yeah, I think he. I think
1: he won the farmers. Yeah, I just literally it. looked at the scores before I came in here. So, um, since Luke, Luke came third, didn't he, uh, Lou Richardson?
0: Yeah. Um, and I think another one to look out for is Max Boudreau. I think he's. Um, what, what did he do well in? Was it the um, the Arnold Santa Monica? I don't know if you saw any of that, but but like um, I think he was be, he was beating Lissis and Brian Shaw and did did really well. Smoked a few events and that. It's great. Um, I, th- I think I think well. a lot of
1: people are saying that Gavin is it Bill Tan? Yeah. Yeah, he back up?
0: Yeah, we won UKs, but again, he's in a really tough group that. I haven't got the thing in front of me.
1: Um, yeah, I need I need to recheck the groups because the groups I got sent are different to what they are now. They changed slightly, didn't they?
0: Yeah. Anyway, it's exciting. I think um, <clears throat> instead of us rambling rambling on about it even more, I think I'll just uh, summarize it with the fact that. Um, I think I think it's getting a bit a bit of stick this year, saying like the the best or oh, COVID's ruined it and blah blah blah. blah. well, there's quite a lot quite a lot of the top guys that are that are out through injury. You know, like Lissis and uh, he got he had a car accident, uh, bike accident or something. Um, Keylaskowski,
1: he's done his tricep.
0: Yeah. There's a, there's quite a few uh, f- few good people out. Janashia. Um, um, and what, what and it, but, with? Uh, I can't remember. But you traps gone.
1: <laughs> but you
0: you you look at the lineup and you look at the group and it's just they're just all so good. I think I think they're absolutely amazing. Um, I think the standard is so fucking good uh, and really exciting to watch.
1: <clears throat> yeah, because um, there's like some years where you think to yourself, like this guy is going to win or it's going to be between these two or these three, like it was kind of like Brian Thor and Eddie for a bit, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Whereas this year, there's a much wider spectrum of like who can win. And that's why i say when people ask me yeah. for my top three, I genuinely can't pick one. Um, I biasly put Luke R there every time, but even I, I'm not an idiot. I know that Luke could make one or two mistakes and come sixth, or he could do, you know, the perfect um, comp and other people make mistakes and you come first. You know what I mean? I think every outcome is a possibility. And until you watch it, it's, that's why it's exciting to me. It's my first year of Worlds. I'm actually a bit excited to watch, to be honest, um, because it's not going to be like usual where I'm like, oh yeah, Thor won that. Oh yeah, he won, it,
0: it won the next one. Yeah, that's it. The, the, there's always, for me, like the last few years, there's, there's always been like a ba- batch of people that are really good, like say, obviously Thor and Shaw and uh, Lissis and Kieloskovsky, Janasia Karan. But outside of that, outside of that, like six or seven, it's been like, for me, the standard hasn't been that exciting. Whereas it's like a lot of those top names have stripped away, but the standard may be just below those top guys. Is just absolutely phenomenal. I think, yeah. And it'd be it'd be it'd be awesome having all those. Like, say, it'd be awesome having like say, um, Thor and Lissis and Gielaskowski there because it and janasia it'd be amazing.
1: Anyway, well, let, let's move I on. Think, I don't know what the record is. I'm assuming it's not very high, but I don't. I mean, I think it's a low possibility, but I don't see why the Stoltmans, Luke and Hixie could all get through to the final. And then you'd have four British lads um, in the final. Um, I think it's going to be a hard ask because obviously Hixie's carrying that calf injury. I don't know how that is. I've not actually spoke to him about it in the last week or so, but I know he tore his calf in he? So I don't know if that's going to affect him, but again, four British lads in the final Worlds, that could, be a, that could be a possibility. It could be class.
0: Yeah, that that'd be be ace to see, and it'd be awesome to see um, Hixie versus Luke on that, uh, on the log ladder. There's yeah. a log ladder in the final, because um, I, I saw a clip of uh, Colin Bryce yesterday, and they were referring to um, uh, Luke Stoltman having the, being the British record holder, and he said, yeah. "Oh, uh, well, uh, I don't know if." And he was saying it's like 50-50 and he was saying like there was, there's like a record for absolute weight and then there's a record for weight in competition. So obviously the, there's been a bit of a debate which one there is legit or whatever. So that that would be uh, be nice to see him go head-to-head and see who the, the better guy is, I suppose. Do you think the log ladder will be head-to-head? Not necessarily head-to-head, but, he, but see who wins out of those two. Yeah, I was just thinking in my head, I think that if there
1: was eight logs, four in a row, and there's them two, that would be fucking, that would be class to watch.
0: Yeah, it'd be unbelievable, wouldn't it? Yeah.
1: Who would you want be
0: on? I'd say Hicksy. I think
1: he's got, uh, I think he's quicker. So if it was four logs, I think Luke would even though he's he's not an experienced strongman, but Hicksy has lived log for like 12 years. He can run over to a, you know, a one sixty log upright row and strip press it. You know, he won't even think about cleaning it. Whereas I think Luke will do his technique on every log. You know what I mean? Whereas Hicksy will just mong the first couple up and then probably do the last one with uh, his normal technique.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'll, uh, (laughs) I, I agree with that actually. Um, like i think for a max in perfect conditions i think they'll be fa- fairly equal but being a, like say well it's not outside anymore or whatever but but like say being in a rushed rushed thing like that i think you know like the technique luke uses if he if he catches his line slightly wrong when he's fatigued or whatever then um whereas Hixie, there's not gonna be much variance with his technique is that if he can fucking yeah. clean, clean. Hicksie,
1: it's uh his log is so consistent. Whether he's like that Europe's where everybody was dropping like thirty Yeah, high. doesn't matter. He's just the same. He's like so experienced, so many different scenarios, and his technique's so like um Stable, it's like a big fucking block in it. It doesn't matter if he's staring at the sun and going dizzy, he'll just press it. Um, or if he's inside in the arena now, he doesn't, he literally doesn't change anything. So that's why I'd, I'd go with Hicks on that.
0: Yeah, I'll agree with that. Right, cool. Let's, let's move on. Let's talk about, um, let's talk about an exercise in depth for 15 minutes or so to finish off. So Let's talk about squats. You've been talking about your squat program today. What you've you been doing on your on your squat program? What was the, the six week? That was just a really standard, simple two- day a
1: week linear progression that was uh, aimed at strong men or women that don't really squat as a priority. So it was like a six week phase where they can concentrate on the squat um, before transitioning back to, you know, their normal strongman programming where they, um, you know, maybe they do safety bar or whatever, or they'll only do once a week, or they'll not prioritize it as much. You know what I mean? It'll be at the back end of a session or, or whatever. So it was, you know, two days a week, Starting with basically starting with high reps and linearly progressing that was really simple. A couple of little d loads in there, and yeah, it was just basically explaining that sometimes focusing on the squat for a block, even though it's not a priority lift in strongman, the adaptations you'll make and the strength gains you'll make in like your quads if you're a high bar squatter or whatever, you know, they they'll carry over to your strongman events like your yoke or even deadlifts you might find you feel like you get a little bit more leg drive off the floor or something and i also think that it's just good to concentrate on something um, different for a, a little period in time because you tend to get a really huge uh what's the word you just tend to get stronger really quick on it because you've not prioritized it so suddenly by upping the frequency and the volume on it you're gonna get a lot stronger and that does carry over to all your other events, and then if you can just rein it back and maintain that strength again for four or five months, you you might be set up again to do another six week, uh, you know, blast on your squat again. But um my main point on the program was that we shouldn't prioritize it all the time, but it's definitely okay to you know
0: drop it in as a phase here and there uh, throughout the year. So to to support what Shane's saying there, right? I think for many of us, like this would be a perfect opportunity perfect time to if you can access a squat or say for instance if you've only got a few plates in your garage or whatever and you haven't got a squat rack or whatever you haven't got access to your atlas stone you haven't got access to your uh, yoke and farmers and stuff could you could you use the type like now when you don't have to train so specifically for your events and stuff could you uh, do like a front squat phase could you run the what what could you run your program for front squats Shane? yeah you could do
1: i didn't actually specify the variation but you could literally front squat it, safety bar squat it uh, high bar low bar as long as you kept obviously the same uh, setup from the start to finish uh, be fine. my my favorite for strongman is either a front squat or a high bar back squat though um not the biggest fan of well I love low bar squats I'm not gonna be wrong but for strongman i don't think I think low bar squat gets you good at low bar squat, whereas high bar and front squat have more carryover to your your strongman
0: performance. Yeah, completely agree. I think I uh, think well, there's
1: a safety bar, safety bar as well. I probably put safety bar at the top. To be fair, I really like safety bar. I'm a big
0: fan. Yeah, I agree. I prefer front squat to my favorite my favorite variation for strongman, and then uh, then safety bar, then high bar, and then but I do think that we should all um, learn low bar. I think everybody should should be skilled at it. Um yeah, for, just for when it we
1: crops up in the comp or something, you wanna go low bar, don't you, if it's if you've got a squat event.
0: Yeah, I'd say say most of us were gonna find it find it more efficient to squat more load. Um, use it using low bar. Um, so what what was the structure of the programme then, Shane? Uh, it was two days a week. Yeah. Um, Monday. How, how does it start? What kind
1: of sets and reps? So it was a top set of twenty. Um, and then you use that for three by ten. Um, and then that's it, Like an RPE, RPE six to seven. The first uh, first session on Monday, and then you do the exact same session on Thursday, but you push the RPE to like nine or ten. Um, and then you drop the reps five a week. So the week after is 15 and 15, then 10 and 10. Really simple. And that first three weeks you could class as an accumulation phase. People like to call it with the fancy terms. And then um we basically accumulated a lot of volume um a, a lot of reps and, and decent frequency as well twice a week with them kind of rep ranges is, is, is hard. Which gives um gives us basically a chance to get a little mini D load in the week after. Just on the first day, little d-load on the first day, and then we go into the what your class is more specific phase after that,
0: basically where it starts
1: getting higher load.
0: So, so that's for, that's your first four weeks. So you you're doing twenty twenty RM, 15, and then fifteen RM, and then ten RM week three, and then a d-load. Well,
1: because we're squatting twice a week, the
0: d-load yep.
1: is just there the first day of week four it's not the full week um just because i i don't i don't believe in deload weeks i don't like them um i think you just need to pull back the load or volume for a day you know because if you've adapted to squatting twice a week yeah um you don't you know doing one deload day there you've only squatted properly once a week realistically so so you've halved your your volume, you know, you've halved your, your training week, so that's enough to, especially because you're only three weeks in, you know what I mean? So you're not going to be fucking dead or anything. It's just there more to make sure you're feeling good as we get into the lower rep ranges. So then, session two of week four would be um, an eight rep max. And then we just follow suit. Really simple progression. Week five will be five rep max with a low RPE. So so,
0: so when you when you do the when you do the eight rep max, what would you do? as you drop sets? Would you do four by four at the same weight?
1: Yeah, basically, yeah. And cool. then as we get into the five rep max RPE seven, the drop sets yeah. will be uh, drop ten percent three by five, and then the five rep max that's RPE ten. I'll do no drop sets on that day because the intensity is high, just so you can focus on one big top set. Three at max, RPE seven, drop 10% three by three. And then the next session, three at max, heavy as pass, no drop sets. And then the same as week four, uh, yeah, week four, same as week four, I'll do one. The first session will be a little deload speed session. So 50%, six sets of three or something. And then the session after will be a one rep max retest. And the reason why I like that program for Strongman is A, it's fucking simple. Like you can explain it in 30 seconds over a podcast, but B, it trains um, energy systems that are a little more specific to Strongman, uh, especially in that first accumulation phase. And 20 rep squats and 15 rep squats are hard. And you get into that, you know, you end up with, yeah, it usually takes about 45 to 60 seconds to do a 20 rep max so you get into that point where you're at the, uh, you know, the end of a medley stack style feeling where you're gasping for air, you know, your aerobic system screaming at you, your legs are burning. They feel like they're going to, you feel like you can't get another rep and you still go in and it's that grit training as well that really helps build the mindset for strongman because although it's a squat program, you're still building an athlete. So it's good to take them to that zone in the head where they've got to, you know, push past what they think is the limit. You know what I mean? And, um, Sometimes people don't like being out of breath and you don't get that on sets of three and five, but you push that squat in the first three weeks to the twenties, fifteens and tens, you know, it's, it's hard. And um, I've seen people get crazy gains in muscle size and strength in just six weeks in the back squat doing that purely because the stimulus is so new and also so harsh. Like
0: it's just, it's just hard <laughs> Yeah, and to add to that, like if you're doing your, you're doing your, like say those first three weeks, and you, you're doing your 20 RM, 15 RM, 10 RM, like I think in the in the first couple of weeks of running something like that, you'll you'll uh, you'll experience like crazy DOMS. You would expect, wouldn't you? Most people. Yeah. Which, like, for me, I'm I'm not I'm not a fan of DOMS at all. But because you've identified that this is a specific phase where we're actually just going to have a bit of a blast on this, like a time like now during lockdown, you've got no specific events that you need to be training. Like it doesn't matter if you forgot fucking doms for a few days, because actually um, if you can, like, if you find that keeping it simple, like if you, if you can experience like doms on an exercise for two or three sessions, like if session four, five, six, and seven, you just stop getting sore. You'll get to those like fucking, set to five like absolutely killing yourself in terms of rpe but you're not going to be trashed from it in terms of soreness would you do you find that shame yeah yeah 100 well i was just thinking, like, dom- I- doms is like a negative side
1: effect of training isn't it and it usually happens when you do something that you've, you're not trained trained in before so some new like for example i know guys that can they squat all year all year all year round two or three times a week never get doms but then, if you make them do a set of like Bulgarian split squats, you know, yeah, you can walk for three days. So your body just adapts to what you're used to. But the, the thing I love about the Twitter Max Squat program is if I give your stereotypical strongman sets of 10, they dread it and they hate going to 10 reps. They see 10 reps as high reps. Whereas when you do this twenties and fifteens, even though it's only two weeks or so four sessions, 10 suddenly doesn't seem a lot. And you kind of like, yeah. "Thank fuck I'm I'm finally at the 10 max week. Thank God. And you're glad that you're doing a set of 10. Whereas if we'd have started at that, you'd be like, fuck's sake, I've got to do a set of 10. You know what I mean? It's, it just changes the mindset a little bit. And I, I really like it. I think it's a, and I don't, I don't just do it for the squat. I do it for just the mindset behind it. Because you see people, honestly, I see it all the time. Like some people will not re-rack that bar. They will do the 20 reps or they will die under it. They'll be out of breath, struggling to breathe. They're panting, they're like, <gasps> and they're still going. Other people, they get to 12 and they're like slightly out of breath and they just do not like it and they re-rack it. And that's where I'm like, you're you you, you not got the grit. We need to train that grit and that ability to push through and that's that's another reason
0: why i really 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 like that program yeah i think it i think it's really good like what what you're saying about um like getting to the 10 like the, <clears throat> i think doing like a simple like linear progression in terms of like say reps or whatever like 20 down to one or whatever i, th- I think is is just so simple but so good because like you get into you get into some people might see fives as fucking oh I'm doing sets of five it's cardio or whatever. But yeah, well, you see, they get you don't they get they, 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 they get they get to the fives on this program, and they're going to be glad of it, and not only glad of it, but they're going to be they're going to be comfortable hitting some decent volume with their, instead of maybe doing being blown out by one set of five by the time they get to the fives they're going to be like fucking hell. They do the set of five that would normally smoke them and then a couple of minutes rest and they'll be able to go again and get some decent tonnage at a decent weight and by the time you're at your fives your, your percentage is going to be high so so if you might get like say something like say a set of 5 at 75% before the program like or would would like be would kill you by the time you get to this by, by the time you get to it in this program you might be hitting five by five at, or four by five at like 70% or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you could if you could hit 70% for your 10 rep marks or whatever, which a lot of people could. Yeah.
1: It sounds like it's, so, well, it is It's fucking grade school program and it's so simple, but it's, uh, it's just so effective. I've seen it so many times and it always produces a big squat and crazy work capacity. Um, and then, like I say, once you finish that phase and you go back to maybe prioritizing the deadlift and stuff, you've not lost those, you know, adaptions that you've you've made. Just because you've slightly changed the movement pattern, you'll be able to handle more volume on your deadlift. You'll recover better between sets, etc. cetera. It, it really does... Um, you know, change change you for a, a good couple of months, and as long as you, the only thing you don't want to do is you don't want to get lazy after the program. Like you don't want to go back to taking loads of rest and not doing as much volume. Take advantage of the fact that you've just increased your engine and you're able to handle more. So when even if you focus on your deadlift next, program it like taking off from where you've just finished. You know what I mean? But with the new yeah
0: build- yeah, well it, it's the same kind of theory as what what I use. We like fucking say deadlift programming and stuff like is like i i did the 50 sets of five yesterday at like 40 percent, and it was just like so e- so easy like you could almost you could almost say that i'm not going to get much of a stimulus from it because the percentage is low because so it's about 40 percent. but the thing is what i'm going to get is like what we've talked about there starting at the 20 rep max is like in three or four weeks I'm gonna be shifting some like like a ridic- what will see to a lot of people like a ridiculous tonnage with like say 55 sixty percent and then yeah. I've all of all of a sudden I've built this like recovery capacity so when I go into like say a strength block or when we're right we're working with 70% now like I might be able to work at say 12 sets of five whereas somebody might somebody else as strong as me might be struggling with three sets of five yeah exactly if you if you do about say if you do like 10 by five
1: you know you're not even gonna you're gonna be like oh thank fuck i've only got 10 sets (laughs) you know what i mean and um but that's a lot of volume to a lot of people like um i I know myself if i did well maybe not so much now to be fair because i have a a lot of these principles that we speak about in here i do i do apply myself with the deadlift since we started talking about them so but, but when I first started doing the uh, lighter deadlift sessions, like basically what I what I do now is just like here and there I'll do a lighter deadlift session. I almost don't even plan them, I just do them when I fancy. But I get about three in a week. But again, my I tend to be because I'm a lazy fucker, I tend to do it at 170 because it's just three plates side. Um but again, like I'll my first time around, i do like five by five or something, and my hamstrings are fucking screaming at me, my ass is pumped and my back's killing. And now I'll do 10, 12, sometimes it just depends. I kind of go with the flow, 10, 12, 15 sets of five, six reps, whatever I fancy at the day. And I don't feel like I've done anything.
0: Um, Yeah.
1: So it it definitely works. And my technique's improving and things
0: are. That's the thing is when you, when you come into your, like, say, when you come into your max, max effort sessions, when you go in fucking whatever you're doing, say you're building up to a triple at 280, 290, 300 or something like, your technique's already dialed in from those, from those light and nothing sessions. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I've 100 percent noticed it. You've noticed it on my pulls, anyway. My pulls look
1: loads oh, different. fucking right, <laughs> definitely, yeah. And I mean, to be just, to be honest, that, all that extra little little bits of work that aren't even—I mean, 170 for me is not heavy. You know what I mean? It's heavy. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I'm doing some of it, but it's not like.
0: It's not like I'm ever going to not be able to do it or something, you know what I mean? Well, that's it. You, you, you could walk, that. in my head, I think of it like this, like 170 for you is a weight that you can walk up to, like your back might be stiff, your hamstrings might be a bit stiff um, from training the day before, and you can still pull that for it. You could still walk in and not even warm up to it if you, if you needed to. You could just go and fucking pull that. And first set might feel a bit iffy or whatever, but you. Well, yeah, second I've of,
1: done that before. Yeah,
0: and first set I'm like that was rats, and then two, three sets later it just feels great. So yeah. And then it starts to, and then four, five, six, and seven, you it actually starts to feel easy, and you can switch off, and you don't have to brace, and you you can just play. Like over the course of those fifty sets yesterday, I thought I was doing like little cl- clusters of like five sets, five sets of five. I basically did ten rounds of five sets of five where I was thinking about a different cue and I was thinking about, right, well, where my hand, my hand width, my foot angle for another cluster of five, how close I was setting up to the bar for another cluster of five, how flex my spine was for a set of five, uh, how high my hips were, like all these little things, like people might, um, pe- people might say, Look at us and think, oh yeah, we know what we we um, we know what we're doing with all our lifts and stuff, and we're lifting pretty heavy. But mate, the crazy thing is, is like you're you're still getting valuable feedback from every single set of those one seventies that you do, and you're thinking, fucking hell, like oh that that felt better, keeping my knees forward a little bit more, or do you know what I mean, like. Well, I actually, while while we're on this subject, I'm
1: gonna chat to you about this bullshit because I can't wait to deadlift again. I'm deadlifting tomorrow because I, I uh, with everything going on with lockdown, and I, honestly, I felt terrible on uh, Tuesday. I was supposed to pull a one minute max and uh, it was warming up, and my back usually stays pretty straight when I pull. I've just got like quite a neutral spine, and it just felt piss weak, and it was rounding. And it felt horrible. I felt like I was cat-backing it at like 2.20. So I recorded a set. It didn't It didn't even look any different. It just felt different. And then on the uh, pull 3.20, it was a bit shit. Uh, I did these sets of 270 drop sets. And as every rep, I felt my upper back getting more fatigued. But my fifth rep was the fastest. And I was really rounded. So my next set, my last set, I purposely rounded as much as I could. And yeah. I, felt like I could have pulled fucking 3.70 or some and I was like, thinking to myself, I really think that next day lift to warm up from 70 like this and see if there's something in it. And this is coming from a guy who's been lifting for fucking, what am I now, 30? 30, 30, what I've been lifting for like, since I was 18, I don't know what like 13 years near enough I've been lifting. And still from doing little sessions here and there and practicing, still learn stuff, you know, still change stuff. So I don't think you can ever master it, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. No. And you know what, Shane, I'm going to wrap it up there. Right. And le- and I'm- I want to talk about that next week because a few people have messaged me asking about the um, asking about like saying the exact same thing. They've, they've uh, set up with a slightly more flexed spine and they can't believe how much better the back feels, number one. And then number two, how much more efficient the pull feels. Um, from well, just watching my Instagram, I Insta never storm. get
1: trap doms off deadlifts. I never get trap doms, but, but from rounding my back on them 270s, fucking hell! I feel like I've done about five thousand shrugs. <laughs> it was crazy. That was, I was like, fucking hell, my neck with these traps and robo neck from trap doms.
0: So, so next week, I to I want to talk about this, and uh, and and I'm actually going to explain my rationale behind why I think round back deadlifting for some people. Is safer for the back than neutral spine de- deadlifting. Well,
1: um, I'll, I'll be able to let you know. And off. I think it'll be quite so controversial, and we'll get and try and not get paralysed. So hopefully by well by next Thursday, I'll, I'll do a heavy one with the round back. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if I'm in wheelchair or not.
0: I'll explain it next week. But um, but in a nutshell, basically, Shane, you know, you you were doing that, like, say, you you knew, like your normal technique and you felt yourself getting mauled and pulled into that position, pulled into the rounded position. Like I feel that that's where the most danger is, if you will, is being pulled out of position and like moving under, under load. Whereas what, what your base, it's just like you, people who start with the low hip who we teach to, to start with the hip a little bit higher, your hips go into a position, which you are struck, you is going to your most efficient position. Yeah. So, in my opinion, like in some instances, your your, uh, your back's going to go into the position it's, it's strongest in. But where a lot of people go wrong, in my opinion, is trying to do fucking the neutral spine thing and then get mauled into this cat back. And then it kind of goes past the point of if, because it's moving under load and the momentum is taking it further than it would be. If you just started and you set up slightly flexed, but lock the fucker in and do not let let your back move whatsoever by locking it in. Like basically, you'll find it. A lot of people will find it easier to stop the back moving when they take the load if they just set up a little bit more flex. But I'm going to explain in a bit a bit more in depth next week. 100 agree. For
1: me though, I never used to feel myself moving. I could keep a neutral spine. But yesterday, uh, yes, Tuesday when I got moved it felt better even though it never happened before it felt faster. So I was like, yeah. this is weird. So for me, it might be that even though on a day where I'm fresh and I'm feeling good, maybe I can hold that neutral spine, but maybe I'm holding my pull back by doing that. Maybe I should be, you know, maybe I maybe I am a round back puller. Maybe most people can pull round backs. If you look at my mechanics, I'm pretty well yeah. suited to be neutral spine on the deadlift. I mean I've pulled 340 like that you know, with a fucking you can fucking got me back like a ramp, it was perfectly straight. But maybe in maybe in the next year or so, maybe I'll master Yeah, a rounded one.
0: Well, mate, you look at somebody who's who's mastered who's kind of mastering this now is uh is your last, isn't she, Shannon? Like she's she could she's naturally strong. Like her strong strongest position we've talked about it briefly, haven't we? But like yeah. her strongest position from the weightlifting background. She's actually strong, strong as fucking that clean pool position, isn't she? But yeah. she's actually adapted and a deadlift has gone through the fucking roof since she's adopted the kind of more like rounded rounded thoracic and locking it in. Like a pool is fucking absolutely awesome, mate. Yeah. We'll and see. We'll like, tomorrow um,
1: and then we'll go every on Tuesday. And if I'm, if I'm here on the podcast, it went well. So we'll see.
0: All right, mate. Right, I'll see you next week then. Nice. Yeah, mate. Have a good weekend. Peace out.